episode 100 of Coffee and Co. Read, your source for all things literary with Kristen and Catherine, where we believe there's nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for a virtual book club where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Catherine. So it's our 100th episode, which is insane. It that is, is insane. A lot of episodes, plus our little side ones, but these are like the main, main ch- chunks. <laughs> yeah. I I like that it's coming on the end of a book. Like, mm-hmm. I like that it's an even number right to the end of, of a book. I don't know how we did it, but we did. Yay! Yeah. It doesn't make any sense because some books were five and some were four, but it like the perfect math equation. Like, I'm sure if you did like... 4x plus 5y equals 100. I don't know if there's only, like, one of each x and y it could be. I'm going to have to try that later. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Sure. Sure. Yeah. How do you find out if there's more than one way to do that? <clears throat> well, just, just, like... Try different numbers? You could numbers? just try different numbers, yeah. Because, like, obviously we know the numbers that... Or we could look up the numbers that got us to this place yes yeah like we can check which months and blah 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 but then like you could just trial and error but you know it's obviously there's a cap of how high each number can be really but like obviously it is so (laughs) we're really getting into it now the math comes out (laughs) well realistically you know that each one could be zero so like there is a number times four that equals a hundred and there's a number times five that equals a hundred. So right. There's definitely more than three ways, but it would take some trial and error to find the other ones. You could probably set up a program. Maybe I'll get Jeff to do that. Anyway, that's not what we came here for. We just got bogged down in it. (laughs) So yeah, 100 episodes. That is a hundred times that we've said, Hey, (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm very happy that we've got here, uh, mm. and I'm. It's a little bit of a wow moment that we've gotten to a hundred episodes. I agree, and like I know we're coming up on two years pretty soon too, um, which I guess makes sense based on time. Um, but I'm like I'm happy that we like kept doing it because it is like. There's a lot to it, obviously. Like, once a week for two years is a long time to stick to something. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Yeah. I'm also proud of us. Uh, and I think we've learned a whole lot. I know I've learned a whole lot about editing and, like, yeah. using editing software. Uh, mm-hmm. Upgrading our... Um, upgrading our equipment a little bit. We're still, like... Mm-hmm. Still not perfect. We're not doing yeah. this in like a soundless room with uh, professional mics and like mm. soundproofing. Like I'm still doing this in my living room. Yeah. And every once in a while, children come <laughs> running through. Yeah. And husbands come running through while well, walking through. He doesn't run through. What? But. No. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to get that sound out because yeah. it's just like behind my voice. But I try. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a wild ride. Do you have a favorite moment? 
favorite moment? Um, I don't know about favorite moment, but I do think like it's definitely in the podcast as a whole has definitely done a bunch of amazing things for my life. I think it's definitely increased my like reading or like not increased, but like I found different books that I wouldn't have found without it. Like, I don't think I'd be reading this book that we're reading this month. I don't know if I would have got Kindle Unlimited. Like, I think I probably would have stuck more to the same types of things. Like, I don't know if I would have gone and found it's all under the same genre, but I don't know if I would have found different authors without it. And I think it also has like made our relationship much stronger because obviously life and everything with that it's hard to keep in touch with people sometimes but if you got to talk to somebody once a week for this you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna have a stronger relationship anyway and then like I feel like we see each other more now than we did before even outside of the podcast so I definitely enjoy that too (laughs) same z's um Yeah. yeah it's it's I agree with you it's nice to have like Something that's not work-related that still gives you, like, a purpose and a goal Mm -hmm. that's related to an interest. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Like, it's one thing to, like, have a hobby, but also to, like, be able to work towards a goal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, it's, it helps to, like, give you something to do. So that you're not just sitting on the couch, like, mindlessly, like, watching TV or, like, scrolling through your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, we've, some of the people that, like, we've talked to and, like, we got an ARC book that we talked about this month. Like, Mm -hmm. that stuff is really cool, too. And something that we obviously never really would have had a part of if we didn't have this podcast. Like, I know you can apply to be ARC readers, but... I just, I've never done that I either. honestly did not know anything about ARC books until, for the, uh, except I think I found out about them like four or five months ago. Yeah. Had no idea they were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I feel like it's broadening our, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're meeting people and getting recommendations for books and like, I love that too. Yeah. And, um. I think, too, that we uh, live in a very small place. (laughs) Yes. So because we live somewhere small, it's very easy to feel like sort of that you're not a part. I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain. Like, you're not a part of the rest of your country. You're not a part of the rest of the world because we are Mm -hmm. such a small place. And it seems like not very much happens here. And it also seems like it feels like there's no way that, like, people would listen to us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very rare that, like, people from here end up go becoming, like, famous or, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to break into that. Not saying that we, we're not famous. I know we're not. But, like, it's <laughs> nice to see, like, people from different parts of the world tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, we have people literally from all over the world. And, like, you go in and I'm like, this is insane. Like. Yeah. It's so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Anyway, we just want to say thank you to our listeners uh, for the hundred episodes. 
we know that there are some people that have stuck around since the beginning. Uh, so we just want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, it's been a blast so far. Yeah. And we can't wait for our next 100. See what comes mm-hmm. with those. <laughs> so we're going to get into our last episode of The Serpent in the Wings of Night by Chris Broadbent. Just a heads up. This is not a spoiler-free zone, and things are definitely getting saucy this week. Ooh. <laughs> and it's all you. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this week we're doing chapters 41 to the end. Uh, last week we ended in the middle of the Crescent Moon trial, which is the fourth of five trials. Um, going up to the Crescent Moon trial, all the vampires were starved. Um <laughs> So, uh, Araya and Rain had split up because she was kind of afraid that he would get bloodlusty about her and she didn't want to deal with that. Uh, so when they get to the trial, the, Araya realizes that the animals are poisoned. So she goes to find Rain to stop him from feeding on them, um, and then going mad and dying. And she has to offer, well, has is, I guess... There really wasn't. Chooses. Yeah. Yeah. Chooses. To offer her, him, her blood. And then she ends up coming because there's so much sexual tension and there's grinding and it's pretty hot. Um, Mm -hmm. But we don't get any sex, which we're sad about. Um, Although I guess it's really not the time for it in the middle of a trial. (laughs) Um, But... Do you know what, though? Do you know what it sort of reminds me of? So, like, we've been saying a little bit that this is sort of Hunger Mm -hmm. Games-ish. Oh. And remember in the Hunger Games, everything is filmed. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) if it was the case with this one? Well, when I was was reading it, I was wondering if somehow, like, they could see what they were doing. Because, like, in all the other trials, they were in the Coliseum, so everyone could see. Yeah. Yeah, so I was wondering if there was some way, like, not filming, but, like, some magical way. I kind of assumed that there would be, but it doesn't seem like there is. (laughs) Let's hope not. What I thought you were going to say is, from Blood and Ash, it reminds you of when they just had sex in the carriage in the middle of a battle. (laughs) Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what, anyway. um, Yeah, so, it's like a lot of things. Um, But then... I guess they sleep for a bit and then they set out across the land uh, 90 seconds at a time, hiding under a cloak while dangerous smoke goes past them. And last week we ended where they realized that this like completely barren place is actually Selene and Vincent had it all destroyed. So that is heartbreaking. Yeah, it's the place that she was found. It's where she had hoped to go back to when she had been turned so that she could find any family. Yeah, and like, I think last week, the character that we met, whose name I don't remember, but she comes back this week, but her wife was in Salonae as well. So like, we don't know if she's alive. Katura. Yeah, Katura. So we don't know if her wife made it or not. So that's also sad. Um... Anyway, so we're back to this week. Um, Araya is in shock, and she has stopped counting. So the smoke comes for them, and rain forces her under the cloak, but they were not prepared, so they're not really covered well, and her foot's kind of sticking out, and it's just a bad time. 
mm-hmm. um, she can't really help but think of Vincent, and she is adamant that like he wouldn't do this, um, because obviously she knows him as her father. She doesn't think he'd do this to her specifically because he knew she yeah. was going back. Like that is her main thing. Like she knows he yeah. would probably do this in general, but like she had family here. She's like, why wouldn't he? spare this place for me and really like yeah. it's you, you'd think you would have um but she also thinks like Nyaxia put it here on purpose um because we said last week this trial is reminiscent of when she went to try to find her husband um the white pantheon took him and she had to go across barren lands and got there too late so this is it is yeah like it's there symbolically but it also makes me feel like Nyaxia is like literally targeting Araya with like all of this and kind of rain too like i feel like she knows something and she's doing this to be like to orchestrate the ending that happens like i feel like that's what's happening but that might be a bit too um giving her too much credit, but who knows. Anyway. So, Rain is also obviously in shock, and he says half a million people lived here, and Vincent's voice in Araya's head tells her they need to move, and she looks up, and she sees someone running towards them, so she pushes Rain out of the way, and Ivan slams into her, and her blades go flying, because she wasn't really prepared for it, she was just trying to save Rain. And he cuts into her abdomen, and then he's able to use his blood magic. Which is another one of those, like, we don't really... <laughs> I need more information on the blood magic, because I'm pretty sure the first time we saw it used, she didn't have a cut. But I'm just... Yeah, but remember when I said that I, it yeah. felt like they have to have exposed blood? Because that continues... Um, Like, there are other instances where, like, someone mm-hmm. will purposely, like put their claws like into someone and break the skin so that then they can use the blood magic. Yeah. And so it's, it's odd that the very first one, it was like, Nope, not needed. Yeah. I just, I don't really understand, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it it could have also just enough. Yeah. It could have been an error on our part. It could have been an error in the book. It could have, maybe the person was more powerful. Maybe there's a reason behind it and we just don't know it. Anyway, we're getting two in the weeds, but yeah, from it's fine. <laughs> it seems like they need to cut them going forward. And also, like, I guess it could be maybe that person had developed a different thing because they used her blood to stop her from moving. And like in this time, he uses blood magic and like takes her blood out of her body. He does stop her moving too, but like her blood is like in the air in front of her from her cut. So like it's a bit different, yeah. I guess. Anyway, not the point. Um, He's going hard, hard at it. Yeah, and it is not good. Um, And he, so as he's, like, attacking her, he says it's for the half moon, because obviously I think, like, she killed everybody when she used her night fire. Um, And she went after him, and he, he's the one that almost killed her then, I'm pretty sure. Because she was paired up with, um, he was paired up with Angelica. Anyway. Uh, so she 
is not good, which is how she ends a lot of her trials. <laughs> and she's expecting to die. But Rain hauls Ivan off of her. And Rain is about to kill Ivan when Angelica shows up and she has a bow. And she actually trains her bow on Araya. And she yells to Rain that if he doesn't let Ivan go, she's going to kill Araya. And she says... Well, she asks him if he wants another Nez, Nez, Nezrin. I think I spelled that wrong. I think um, it's Nesinrin. Because there is, it's Nesirin. NYN at the end. Yeah. Nesanyan or something? Nesernin? I Maybe I'll figure it out later. Anyway, not the point. Um, Aurea then hears Vincent's voice in her head saying she's made it so far. And she thinks like, her bones will lie in her homeland. And she thinks like her family's bones are probably there too. So like, she's kind of accepting of this uh, cause she thinks she's going to die. Um, Rain says he'll let Ivan go. And then he pulls off I- Ivan's mask because Ivan had his face covered because of the fog. And then he pushes him down into the ravine, I guess like the, they're up on a hill kind of. So he pushes him into the smoke which is not great. And Angelica wails in grief and Rain just like jumps over Aurea with the cloak and the smoke is obviously coming towards them. So they have to wait their 90 seconds. But Rain tells her like they have to go now because if they wait, obviously Angelica will shoot them with a bow when she can see them again. So he picks her up and they fly while there is smoke out and they get through the arch, and they end up in the Colosseum, and it's empty. Um, Ibrahim is there already, and his wings are completely ruined. He just used them to protect himself. Um, Yikes. Yeah, but he says it's, like, the most useful they've been in years, because his family clipped them, and it's just, like, so sad. I, I actually love him as a character. Big thing. Um, the minister's there, who is, like, the creepy priest guy Mm -hmm. and four acolytes and they're telling them that they progressed to the final trial and that there's been a change and the new moon trial is actually going to be tomorrow instead of in three weeks like it normally is um but he says it's important that the kajari concludes because it's unsure if savernage will exist in three weeks so (laughs) that's something uh, yeah, but he, so there, it's it's funny, oh, not funny, but like, so they've literally been super insulated the past like we'll say almost a month. They haven't uh-huh. been out to been allowed to leave. They've been completely focused on the Kajari and haven't known anything of what's going on outside. Yeah, so for them, they're all like, "What? What's happening?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and like. Everything is, like, the world is still turning. Everything is still happening while they're... Yeah, because there's, let's say, a literal rebellion happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he he basically just points outside, and Araya looks through the doors of the Colosseum, and she sees hundreds of Rishan bodies, and they're, like, lining the tops of the walls, and their wings are, like, spread out, I guess, beside them. Like, they're pinned yeah. to the walls. And she says some of them are still twitching because they're, like, still dying. 
and they go on further than she can sees. See, not sees. Further than she can see. <laughs> um, so it's really devastating and awful. Um, well, he's he just like murdered like an entire race of people. Yeah, I guess anybody that he could find, he's pinning them up here. So yeah, I'm surprised they're just letting Rain continue and not just kill him. But I. I th- I think I don't think they can. Like I think he's a contestant, so I think they have to let him. Yeah. Like I think that's one of the things, and I maybe that's why they waited for the Kajari to happen because there would be Rishan in the city. Yeah, that's true. Could be. So. Um. So yeah, the minister basically tells them to rest, and you're like, she's dying. Like they're not going to be fine by tomorrow. But okay. Um. <laughs> We get an interlude then, and Vincent tells the girl that he has a gift for her. And, like, this is when she had a flashback when um, Rain said that he had a gift for her I first or probably second week. Oh, yeah. Like, this and is it was the, the like, dude's head. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, like, the PTSD flashback that she got at that moment, but we're getting it now. Um. So he brings her to a room and the boy is in there and he's kneeling and his hands are tied behind his back. He apologizes to her and tries to like tell her that he's sorry and all this stuff. Um, But Vincent just tells her to look at how terrified he is. Vincent gives her a blade and tells her the heart is the easiest way. And the boy starts to beg, obviously. Um, The narrator or whatever, it's kind of third person, says that later in life, the girl will realize he didn't mean to hurt her, but yeah. in the past, she just like kind of says like she can't do this. Vincent tells her that he warned her he was the only one she could trust, and this is the consequences. God. So like this is this is a punishment for her too, really. Yeah. Um, she kills him obviously because Vincent told her to, and. He tells her to look him in the eye as she does. So she does that. And she stands there thinking it wasn't losing her virginity that like changed her. It was this, like this moment of killing somebody. So. Yeah. And she, she, she thinks about it all the time. We just didn't fully understand it until now. So like Mm -hmm. she said that like, his face haunting her is the reason why she ended up going to the human district in the first place to kill vampires. Mm-hmm. Like when she was in the third trial, like she saw his face and like, she says she still sees his face when sometimes when she goes to sleep, like yeah, it haunts her that she killed him. And like, I feel like I'm going to sound like a bitch, but like, I don't understand why it's such a huge deal. Like, like, I took it differently, though, because like I was thinking, like, I don't understand why she's as angry at him as she is, because like, yes, he bit her without her consent and drank from her during sex. But like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like she didn't die. Like she managed to get away from him. He expressed remorse. I just, like, I just don't understand, like, why she was as angry at him as she was. 
I think it was fear. Like, I don't think she's seeing his face as she kills him all the time. I think she's seeing his face as her being vulnerable and unable to protect herself. Like, I think it's kind of a metaphor for being raped, I think. Right. So, like, I think that's what's haunting her. Like, I don't think killing him, like, yes, that changed her. But I don't think, and she thought she loved him. And then she thought she was safe with him. And, like, that's a big deal for her to feel safe with somebody. Like, she hasn't felt safe with anybody. And she felt safe with him. And then he would have killed her if she didn't get away. So, like, I think... I think really her trauma is more... She does... Like, she is the fear and the being afraid and the... Like, that kind of stuff. I don't think it's, like... Obviously, killing him is a big deal. Sure. But I don't think that's where the trauma stems. I think it stems from, like, her feeling like she could have died in that moment. And she can't trust people. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So back to the present. And, um, Angelica finishes two. Um, so there's going to be four of them in the final. So we went from 11 to four. Um... Rain and Araya make it to the apartment and she basically collapses um, because of her wound. And she also just can't stop thinking of Selene, obviously. And Rain uses a potion on her stomach to heal her. And she holds his hand because she like knows it hurts him just as much as her that like this entire city is yeah. destroyed. Um, He tells her he almost sent Misha there and... Like, obviously, that would have been awful. And Mm -hmm. that her father is a monster. Um, She almost agrees with him. Like, her first instinct is, yeah. But then she kind of thinks and she's like, she grew up with him. Like, this is really like the Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Like, she knows him differently. But it's also like, it's what we were talking about last week on how, like, it's really hard to reconcile who he is to her versus mm. who he is to everyone else. Yeah. And like, yeah, he's a monster, but like he's still loving and genuine with her. And like, he still saved her. He still raised her. Did he mm-hmm. raise her a bit cruelly? Yes, absolutely. He raised her in like sort of a cruel way. But like from last week when they were at the feast and he said like, you are the best thing that's like, you are my mm-hmm. biggest accomplishment. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, we know that he can be caring and genuine. And so it's really hard to reconcile those two aspects of his personality. Yeah, I agree. Um, So obviously like she, she knows both sides, but she see the other one predominantly. So she does yeah. think like she must be missing something. Like he wouldn't do this to her. Cause again, like she's thinking about how, she had planned to go there and he knows that like she, he wouldn't do this. Um, so she, she thinks like there has to be something, something must've happened that they don't know about. But rain just says like, there's no reason that is good enough to kill half a million people there. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not just Risha in there. Obviously there are humans too. Like it, there's no good reason for that. Um, she tells him, like, Vincent knew she was going back for them when she became his Coriate. And 
that's basically like he I guess he knew that she was doing this because she wanted to become kind of immortal and like have power and stuff but he didn't realize that she was going to ask to be Vincent's Coriata so he's super shocked by that and she just says like she isn't strong enough as she is and he scoffs and says she was going to bind herself to him and go liberate her family to be a hero and he tells her she's too smart for this, and there are hardly any humans left in Selene anyway, because apparently her father has been taking them, along with all of their other resources, for the last 20 years. So, that's news. I guess even if she... Yeah, and it's just convenient that it's been the last 20 years mm-hmm. since, like, since she's been with yeah. him. So, like, did he not care about Selene before... Yeah. She came to him. Yeah. And, like, if he's been taking the humans for... since, And he's known since she was 11. Like, he knows that they're not there. Even... Yeah. He told her he well, couldn't he, go there, but well, he's taking their resources and their humans. So, obviously, like... I know it's not him taking them, but he knows that... Or he can send somebody to check if anybody still lives. That she knows. Yeah. So, yeah, he's manipulating her because he knows that that's her goal. Um... But obviously, like, she's not going to really see that. Um, But she says kind of what I I just said, that that can't be true because the Rishan districts are protected. And he says, like, the human districts are protected here. And she's kind of like, oh, shit. (laughs) He's not wrong. Um, Rain tells her that Vincent sent her into the Kajari with the promise to also he could use her. And she says he's giving her his power, um, which is obviously a big deal to her. Like, I think the first week she was like, he's giving her power and she has nothing really to give him. But he counters and says he's making, he's also, sorry, he's taking her power too. And he's making sure that she can never make a move on him, which is like, he, but we don't know why. But, like, that is the important part of that. Yeah, so I I think, too, that it's important to know that, like, so when so she has never been powerful. Mm-hmm. So, like, she always said she could handle a couple of sparks, but she didn't have, she didn't realize she mm-hmm. had power. And when she told Vincent first about this explosive amount of power that came out of her, he was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, your body's just finally realizing yeah. that it needs it. So, like, he is not mm. surprised. So, like, it makes you go back and wonder, like, has he literally just been manipulating her this whole time into not thinking she mm-hmm. has power so that he she can become his Coriate and then he would have her power and know how to use it? Yeah. Um... I, but I, I also think, like, the main reason is, like, the big reveal that we get at the end of the book. Her not being able to go after him if she, like, I feel like he would have told her. If she became yeah. his Coriatai, he would have told her then the truth between them. Yeah. Uh, because she wouldn't be able to kill him. Um, because. Yeah. Because, it well, it's it's super important that he needs to feel safe. And in order for him to feel safe, she needs to not yeah. be able to hurt him. And, like, 
obviously if he were in her spot and he found out he would have he would kill anybody so it's mm. he really thinks that she is exactly like him and she is not <laughs> <laughs> don't know why i found that so funny um anyway she um she takes her weapons out and says enough and she says like vincent loved her and he taught her and he didn't have to and rain responds he killed them all and she can see his grief and he tells her she needs to ask herself some hard questions like why vincent is afraid of her and what he is getting from this which is kind of what we just talked about yeah um, yeah. And this is also what we just talked about, but she can't imagine there's anything that he could get out of it. Like, he is the king of the night-born vampires. I almost yeah. just said night court. Um, <laughs> ah. So, with all this in tow, she leaves and goes straight to the castle. And she goes inside and it's like, it feels different than it did before. There are more vampires around than she's used to and... It looks less inviting than it used to, and, like, it just smells like blood. And she's just like, this isn't what, like, it used to feel somewhere kind of safe for her, especially her room and stuff. But she basically storms straight into his office, and Jasmine is there, and she tells her, um, well, Araya tells Jasmine to go get Vincent now. And Jasmine is like second she's like the army commander or something like she's second in command really so she's just like um what (laughs) so she kind of wars with herself and then decides that Aurea does outrank her and she goes to get him yep um so Vincent shows up alone and she asks sorry he asks what she's doing there but he's also happy because he knows that obviously she made it through the trial um, but she just responds and says, Selene, and she tells him that it was the location of the trial. And he's just like, of course it was like, he's like, he's thinking like Nyaxia has a twisted sense of humor, basically. Um, but it makes her realize yeah. like he wasn't going to tell her about it. He was just going to let her finish the trials become his coriati and then try like i guess find out then um and like she would have already made the decision to bind herself to him at that point so you know it would have been awful um but he basically counters like he's a king like his decisions for his people are like not for her to scrutinize And she asks, what if she was there? Like, she could have been one of the humans that lived there. But same as always when she kind of brings this up, he's like, he responds, she would never have been there. And (laughs) it's interesting. (laughs) It makes us think, like, why he believes that so strongly. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she believes it's fate that brought him to her and, like, took her and decided to keep her kind of thing. And like, that's the story she's lived with forever. So she's like, she even says, is there something else? Yeah. She even says now, like she is just human. Cause she knows he hates when she says that word. And she was born to human parents there. Um, but she 
but sorry, but he tells her she is more than them. And he kind of asks if like she sees him as a captor now because like he took her away from her family and stuff. Um, he brings her down a hallway now and shows her like a dining room where all of the like, I guess, soldier, vampire soldiers are. And they're feeding on humans and some are tied to the table and some are literally like pinned to the table with daggers and stuff and they're slumped against the wall. And she is kind of shocked because this is not what she's seen. Obviously, she's seen like the fancy bowls of blood and like, yeah, this is so much different. But this is. I guess, real life, and he's finally showing her. And... Yeah, and I think it's been it's been very clear, and I've actually tried to punctuate it while we've been reading this book together. Hmm. Like, all the instances that she shows up at a ball or a feast after everybody has eaten. Yeah. And Vincent sort of trained her to do this because he's like, well, you know, if they're all hungry and you're there, they're going to try and eat you. Yeah. But I think it was more he didn't want her to see this side of him. Yeah. And I do think And see that this is how he runs his court. Yeah. I do think it is smart. Like obviously if she showed up while they were doing this, she'd probably die. Like it is a lot of it was self preservation. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it's also because he he didn't want to show her this, but now he's like, She's old enough, she'll understand. Um I think this was an angry decision. I think he did this. Like, she said that she was, like, ashamed. Um, she didn't say it yet. But, yeah. Like, he can, oh. yeah. He can tell, like, so she's. So, she's, she's, like, pissed and, like, she's angry. And he's pissed and angry that she's, like, attacking him. So, I think this was a decision done in anger to be, like, look, this is what these people are. Yeah. This is what like, human this is. is not what you yeah. are. Yes. It's to show her the distinction between her and humans, really. It's like, mm-hmm. he's not even really thinking of how it'll actually affect her. Like, he doesn't even realize it will. Because um, he thinks he's trained her to be so different that she doesn't even see herself as the same, basically. Do you know what? I just wish that, like... I wish that he would just tell her who she really is. Because, like... Up till now, we've had a couple of hints that, well, maybe she's not exactly human. And, like, how he treats her is differently than how he treats a regular... Like, there has to be a reason why he took her and raised her. Like, and then she's got all this power. Like, there has to be a reason. And I feel like if he admitted to her what that reason is and explained to her who she truly is and what she really is... I feel like that would have been a better, like, it would have, it would have cleared a little bit of the rift between the two of them. Yes. But if he explained it, like, I think his biggest thing is he, he thinks that they are the same. So he thinks if he tells her the truth, she will attack, like, kill him. Because that's what he would do. Right. So... I do think it's it's all embedded in fear, and it's like, it's it's a met- not a metaphor, but like, if you look at Ibrahim, it's the same thing with him. Like, it's all, 
It's all about their fear. Yeah. Um, and like he loves her, but he doesn't love her enough to put away his fear, which is sad for him too. Um, but in this moment, he tells her that they are not people, they're just livestock. And he made her to be better than them. Very sketch. Not great. I don't think this is going to endear you to her, but continue. No. (laughs) And like, he even like, she can tell that he thinks that this will make her grateful and that she's going to be okay with it. But she is literally just sickened, obviously. But I also, I also feel like part of the problem, too, is that because she's been hunting in the human districts, she has, like, definitely more sympathy to humans than he realizes. Yes. And, like, I think if he knew that she was doing that, he would have gone about this in an entirely different way. I, yeah, completely. Because in his mind, she has had no interactions with humans except for Alana. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if he... He doesn't know about Alana. Knows no. about Alana. So, like... I th- I think that he's doing this out of lack of knowledge of her affiliation with humans. Yeah. He thinks that literally she's had zero contact and, like, he's bred her to be completely kind of indifferent to them and think of herself as different. Yeah. Which, like, and she does think of them as different. She she sees herself as not really a part of either world. She's not a part of the human world, and she's not a part of the vampire world. She sees herself as set apart. Yeah. But you'd think that he would have realized when he saw her pick up the little girl and, like, almost get herself killed to save a child. Like, you'd think he would have been like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't go about it this way. <laughs> but anyway, he doesn't. You know. Powerful men and all. Um... She flat out asks him then why he wants her to become his Koryatai. I say it different every time, I think, but whatever. Um, But she, in her head, says that she knows why it is. And she thinks it's, like, the only way to make her acceptable to love. Because, like, he loves her against his wishes is how she feels. Like, she is human and he wants her to become his Koryatai so that he... Like, she is actually his daughter then, and she is not human anymore, and he it's acceptable for him to love her. And I don't even think she... Oh, yeah, he does, he does answer, and he says that he wants her to be his daughter in every sense of the word. Um, which is kind of, like, foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. Um... But she just says that today she is ashamed of that. And yeah. Wrong thing to say. Yeah. She actually, she sees hurt across his face, which is like new for her. Like she, it's not an emotion that he shows. And then he is angry. Um, He grabs her arm and slams her against the wall. And he asks if she'd prefer to be his enemy and, like, he's holding her arm so tightly that, like, there's already bruises and he draws blood with his nails. And she tells him to let her go. And, like, the shake and fear in her voice is what gets him, like, to back off. Back off. And he actually looks horrified with himself. And he says, Orea, I, I... And you're like, oh, he might say that he's sorry. But she's like, I am not taking an apology right now. And she just leaves. Yeah. 
And I think, I, again, I'm really sorry, but the two books blur for me. Mm-hmm. I think she has said that he has never apologized for anything. Yeah, that was the first week. Um, yeah. First, yeah, when he didn't show up when she was injured after the first trial. Right. Yeah, so, like, the fact that he was close to saying it is, like, a ooh, big deal. Yeah. But she doesn't want it at this moment because, like... No. Obviously. He hurt her. But it's also, like... And she's disgusted with him. Yeah. She is ashamed of him. And she's ashamed of, like, what he's done. And, like, an apology now would probably, like, take some of her anger away. And she can't have that at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So she goes to the human district. And there are more vampires than ever. And she is super pissed. Um, She's on her fourth kill... And she's so angry and she's like thinking about how like the human district here is literally just a breeding ground. They are just livestock to the vampires around and she hates all of the vampires. And she ends up like stabbing this dead vampire so many times. He's just like a bloody pulpy mess. Um, Rain shows up and tells her to stop. And she fights him because, like, obviously she's in the mood for a fight until he pins her to the wall and he tells her it's almost dawn and he's been looking for her everywhere. He's, like, holding her arm and he gets kind of close to where Vincent hurt her and she flinches and he asks where it's from and she takes a little too long to lie and he is pissed again because he knows that, like, obviously this was Vincent that hurt her. Um... She does tell him, like, he's done worse than that, but he's just, like, he's very mad about it. Yeah. And, like, it just, like, when she says he's done worse, it really makes me wonder, like, what worse has he done? Like, like, I wonder, is she talking exclusively about, like, while training, or is she talking something else? I, I think she said that, um... Rain has done worse to her than what Vincent had. That oh, injury, like, okay. I, but I don't actually remember the exact wording, so I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, like, all in all, it's like, a, it's a small injury, but it's it's big for her. And yeah, Rain is obviously very angry. It's one of those, like, who did this to you moments that I love in all books, but he can't go kill, well... <laughs> gonna stop there um (laughs) so anyway he looks at her and she thinks he's looking at her with pity but he says he thinks she deserves better and she asks why he's here and why he cares and he asks if she's a fool and then he says or maybe he is and they really have like a connection where like they know who the other one is feeling something. And, like, I have to believe that there's something more to it than, like, normal human beings. Because I can't tell what anyone is feeling at any time. So, like, I'm imagining that there is more to their feelings than just... Because they, like... Maybe it's being alive for 300 years. Rain can read people better than I can. I'll give it that. Um, But... She knows that, like, she feels the same as he does, and she goes to him, and she kisses him, which is amazing. Um, 
he pins her against the wall and is kissing her and it isn't enough and she pushes for more but he says he doesn't want to fuck her for the first time in an alley you're like fair Hmm. but she's like i guess she's like yeah i don't care just let's do this (laughs) yeah just yeah let's go for it um he kisses her gently and asks for one honest thing and she just thinks like everything with him has been honest and that's the problem and she doesn't really know how to tell him that um so she just says that like she'll probably die tomorrow so he should show her something worth living for Ooh. Mm. Uh, sex yeah <laughs> the only thing worth living for it's not I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry I said that that was dumb uh, I love it um, so he picks her up and they fly back um, and he like is kissing her while they're flying and they like make it back just before dawn so they're not like they almost got disqualified in this moment which would have just been funny Hilarious, actually. I, I almost would have liked it better. Uh, <laughs> they could have run away together. Right? <laughs> um, if if disqualification just means you can't come back in. Yeah, you just get, as opposed to getting smited <laughs> where you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they end up back in the apartment. And she looks at him and she thinks of how this is like their final night together. And it is apparently unheard of more than one contestant to live through the Kajari. So we're finally getting that like literally only one person normally lives. And I guess. Yeah, it is like the Hunger Games. Yeah, I guess Misha is like an outlier because like, like that doesn't often happen, I assume. Yeah. And... Like, do you know what, though? So this makes me wonder. So, like, we got earlier that Misha signed up for this and forced Rain to sign up with her. Mm -hmm. So, like... What was her plan? Was she just gonna die? Yes! Yes! That's what I'm thinking! Like, she wanted Rain... She was trying to, like, force him into action to force him to compete. But, like, was, was her plan to sacrifice herself so that he could be in this and when like i don't understand her her thought process i think that's i think that's a hundred percent it i think because like realistically it would have been better for him to not sign up and then pray that she wins because like two of them can't live anyway so i don't know but he does i think a little later on he says like he would have got her out somehow like how you can't a goddess how Anyway, yeah. but that was his, his plan was to somehow get her out. And her plan was, I think she would have just sacrificed herself if she had to. Um, so anyway, Rain runs his hand down her face and asks what that face is for. Because obviously she's thinking that one of them has to die. Um, and she responds, kiss me. Because obviously she doesn't want to go there again. Um and he like kisses her but he kind of like tugs on her hair and it reminds her of the night of the feast and how much she wanted him then and how she doesn't want to let him go um and he's kind of being a bit gentle but she bites his lip to get him back on track (laughs) but their armor is too thick but she like she still touches him through it and he's so big (laughs) Uh. so large and so hard um 
And he picks her up by the ass and takes her to his room and, like, puts her on the bed. And she tries to take his jacket off, but it's just too complicated. (laughs) Which I kind of love. But she admires the red in his hair and wings. And she thinks of how she didn't realize how much of it there was in both. And you're like... Anyway. Yeah. It's like, come on! (laughs) Um, She touches his wings... And this is very, very reminiscent of Akatar. Yeah. Like, and yeah. like, I, I, I'm sure. Sensitive wings. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a thing. It's also a thing in other things. It's not just Akatar. It's just like, Akatar is the first one that I've read it in. So, um, it's where yeah. my head goes. But anyway, she touches his wing and he like inhales sharply and tells her they'll save that for another time. And then his wings disappear and she's kind of sad about it. But you're like, there is no other time. One of you is going to die. <laughs> you should be doing everything. Um, yep. He asks her to take off her armor. But she is a bit nervous. Um, because, like, I think it's kind of obvious. Like, she's only had sex once before. And it didn't go great. So she asks him to take some of his clothes off first. Uh, So he takes his jacket off and she just admires him and he's the most beautiful thing she's ever seen. And then she stands up and takes all of her clothes off and he tells her beautiful isn't enough. And then he gives up on words and uses his hands and mouth to work his way down her body. And she thinks of like how different this is from last time. Um, But she also like realizes like last time they were basically kids like last time she had sex they were basically kids so obviously it's going to be different yeah um rain stops then and asks if this is her first time because like she's never been with humans like she's never lived near humans or like like she didn't have access to human boys to have sex so like and he knows how terrified she is of vampires. Like, she kept distance between them all the time. So, like, it wouldn't be unrealistic for her to have never had sex. Um, but she says it's not her first time, which is the truth. Even though to her, it kind of feels like a lie in this moment. And he looks at her scar and asks if that's when she got it. And she says yes. And he asks how. And she says that the boy just couldn't control himself. Um And he tells her she's safe and he needs her to know that. And she truly believes it and feels safe. And he tells her he wants her to enjoy this. And then he says more than enjoy. And he tells her that she is in control, which is a big deal. Um, And it's like one of the main things we keep seeing from him because like, obviously there is a power dynamic between them because he's a vampire. Um, but he always yeah. makes sure that she feels in control of the situation, which I love. Um, yeah, me too. He teases her then and he touches her and says he's been thinking of this and what she would sound like and like it's super hot and getting sexy. Um, he pulls her to the... <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just it's okay it's um, he, he pulls her to the end of the bed and she feels vulnerable uh, with him kneeling between her legs and like 
it is like she still feels that he is a predator even though she does feel safe like he's still a predator to her species like he's a vampire she's a human like there's still that dynamic um so she does kind of feel that um but he says he wants to taste her and he reaches up and she takes his hand and she knows like he's reassuring her and she says yes and he goes down on her but like there's this constant like he's always asking and making sure she's okay and like making sure like it's very it's a like it's a good i don't really know how to say it but like it's a good first time of having sex after like being assaulted moment like you're like he's very in tune with how she is making sure at every step that she's good with this that everything is fine that she feels in control and that i just really appreciate it because it it would you can easily just erase that her past happened and be like they're so in love with each other they're gonna fuck like rabbits and it's like there was never any trauma but we're really actually like looking into the trauma that she has and i appreciate that 100 percent um so yeah he goes down on her and he says it's better than her blood (laughs) you're like cool and uh she thinks the same (laughs) that him going down i mean ideal like ideal reaction right yeah like um he gets her so close that she screams his name and it like kind of shocks him and he stops and he looks at her and he tells her to say it again as she comes and he goes down on her again and then he puts two fingers inside of her and she moans his name again and again as she comes and it's like very primal how he's feeling i'm gonna say Mm. like yeah um yeah like i i did that i made her feel this way uh, so he's kneeling on the floor, she's on the edge of the bed, and she pushes his, him back onto the floor, and so, like, he's lying down and she's on top of him, and she works at his pants, because, you know, he still has his pants on, and he's strained against them, because he's so big. Of course. <laughs> and she takes him in her hand, and then licks him, and she asks if she should make him bag. Beg? I don't know why I said bag. Um, and she kind of teases him a bit. But he says, I would beg. For you, I would. You have fucking destroyed me, Aurea. Do you know that? And I'm like, ugh. I love love it it so much. I love it so much. But, like, I also love that, like, it almost, not that it feels like it came out of nowhere, but, like, they have literally, like, I just really appreciate that they've gone from, like, mistrustworthy to like friends to close and then they're just like culminating it with this like physical relationship and that he already feels this way about her like i like that it wasn't like let's have a bunch of sex and then realize like further into a sexual relationship that he loves her like he already loves yeah yeah i just i really like i do too i and like they obviously spent a lot of time together It, it doesn't feel super unrealistic or anything like i i i love it (laughs) i love the way it played out big thing um yeah so araya thinks in her head that she would do the same she would cut herself open for him but she can't acknowledge what that really means to her so like she loves him but she can't say that right now because like yeah one of them's gonna die tonight like it's not that like you know 
But she can see that he loves her too. Like they're both in love with each other, but they can't acknowledge it because it, it doesn't make sense. They're, yeah. They have no future. (laughs) She then slowly lowers herself on him because he's so much bigger than she's used to. And I'm like, used to? Used to. (laughs) You've had one penis. So I'm like, I guess, I guess dildos exist in this world. I don't know. Um, he asks if she's all right. And she tells him that he's holding back and not to. And so he starts holding her waist and like, they go harder. Um, he leans up. <laughs> yeah. He leans up to be able to kiss her, and she is incoherent. Like she's just begging for whatever. Yeah. She doesn't even know what she's saying. Um, but she bites his neck and licks his blood. <laughs> that she, you're like, okay, this is not what I expected. Um, yeah. And then he kisses her, and. She thinks vaguely of the last time that she had sex, but she's, like, too far gone and enjoying this too much to even care about it. Um, She tells him to say her name as he comes, and he does, and she comes as he's, like, twitching inside of her. Um, She checks her neck because, like, he had been kissing her neck and stuff, but he didn't draw any blood from her. She's the one who drew blood. And he says he's not surprised that it was her. Um, She kind of jokes that she can see the appeal, but then she thinks to herself that she does see the appeal and she, like, he tastes just like she's, like, he tastes just like he smells and, like, she liked it. You're like, ah, this is something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Then she asks when he'll be, like, good to go again. (laughs) And... She can already feel him hardening. And, like, I guess they can eat and stuff, too. But, like, I am always wonder, <laughs> vampires and their blood and, like, how they can actually get hard. Like, it's like, you know, yeah. it's a thing. Like, I guess when, um, when he was drinking her blood, he couldn't get hard until he had more blood in his body because he was dying. <laughs> You're like... You know, the logistics, whatever. It's not a... Anyway. So he's already getting harder. Um, I guess he can will his blood where he wants. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but, like, in this world, too, though, like, vampires can breed and have babies. Yeah. So, like, it's not even just blood circulation that you gotta think about. Like, he is still actively producing... Sperm. Sperm, and yes. babies can live inside of a one would assume dead host, a vampire mother. Yeah, but yes. yeah, but like, so this is why I don't think they are actually undead. Yeah, they're not traditional vampires. Like, yeah. they're not traditional vampires. To me, they're just like a species of supernatural being. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So he's already getting hard, and he says they only have one night, and he's not wasting it. Because he has a list. Which we've heard about. Yes. And then the next step, chapter starts with they barely make it halfway through. And I'm like, wait, does she know the list? Why can't I know the list? That's what I want. I want the list. <laughs> <laughs> if she can know the list, I want the list. Mm-hmm. Um, but they barely make it halfway through and they both want so much more. Uh, they do sleep for a bit and Araya kind of like wakes up and watches Rain sleep. 
And he wakes up after that and says he hopes it's not morning because he's not ready to die yet. And she can't bear the thought of him dying, which is bad. Um, they got too close to each other, she thinks. And, like, Rain is embedded in her heart now. So. Well, like, okay. I'm all for, like, yes, it's your last night together. You want to make it count. But, like, also, you want to perform your best at the trial <laughs> so that you don't both die. So wouldn't you want to get more sleep? I guess you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> like, yeah, but think of, like, which is eminent yeah. because they are going to be tired. I, know. I guess, I guess it is what it is. I don't know. Doesn't really make any sense. So she asks him about the people relying on him and he tells her, he's like, really, are we going to do this? And she's like, yeah, I want to hear everything. <laughs> But he tells her he was a guard and they were making a journey on a small ship and they got caught in a storm and stranded and he dragged himself to shore. But he was mostly dead when a powerful man found him and asked if he wanted to live. And he said yes. He was only 32 and he had a wife and a child coming. So he had a lot to live for. Um... I like that we learn how old he yeah. is. Like, how old, like, and I like that he's 32. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, 32 is a good yeah. age. I feel like she's a bit young. And, like, <laughs> but not as young, oh, like, I know. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could be worse. It usually is when the men are 300 or 500 years old and the women are, like, 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's, like, so he's stopped aging at 32. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that's a, a good age to stop aging mm-hmm. at. I agree. Um, so yeah, this powerful man turned him and wouldn't let him leave. And he says at first it was because he was so sick. Like it literally took him months to get over the turning. Because like we heard, two out of three people died when they turn. Um, mm-hmm. But after that, he says like the man had tastes. And he was such an old vampire that, like, it was hard for him to, I guess, I don't, I don't, this is the wrong way to say it, but, like, get off on anything anymore. So, like, now he would just take vampires or make them and keep them for his entertainment. Um, so it's not, it's not great. Uh... Basically, he was in, Rain was in a situation where he didn't have any choices and he was used however this powerful man wanted to use him. Um, Araya, listening to this, thinks of how sorry she is for him, but she doesn't say that. She just tells him she's fucking furious for him. Um, Rain tells her, like, that vampire is dead now, but Rain hated himself for those 70 years that he was with him. And because he hate he hated vampires because of him. Um, he talks about then the other vampires that lived with him. And she knows this is where uh, Nezanin, I think I wrote it right then, um, comes in. And he loved her. And that is what saved him. Because nothing before her mattered. Like being in this shitty place and everything being awful. Before he fell in love with her, like he was, he had kind of given up. But she was the first vampire he ever met that was kind. And 
it meant so much to him. Um, he tells her that like his sire, I guess he doesn't call him that, but his sire's world was collapsing around him and he begged Mezzanin to go with him, but she refused and she ended up dying, but he got out. And obviously he feels a lot of guilt about that. Um, when he got out, he went back to see his wife and child, but 70 years had passed and it did not go well. Like, obviously it's not going to go well. Yeah, I, do you know what? I would love to have heard more yeah. about that. Like, I wonder if, like, I feel like obviously his wife wife would yeah. be dead. Like, that I think is yeah. a given. But, like, I wonder if he found his child and, like, I wonder if his child had kids. Like, and I wonder if he was, like, it, it, he said it didn't go well. But I wonder in what context. Yeah. Like, did he find them all like dead and that's what didn't go well or did he find his child and his child refused to see him like i wonder i really want that interaction yeah me too i kind of like it's easy enough to just be like he went back and his wife was dead and that was devastating enough because like 70 years passed not quickly for him but like trauma induced quickness i'll say so yeah yeah interesting um Aurea kind of thinks, like, she has human blood and a vampire heart. And at that point, like, he had vampire blood and a human heart. And, like, how they're different but similar and how they're both kind of different than humans and vampires. Like, she's really, they're, yeah. they've got a connection, but it's in a different way. They're, like, they're, like, opposite ends. They're, like, com- they're exact opposites. Yeah. Uh, He tells her that after he was free, he traveled everywhere. He went to all the different houses, um, even the, the, like, Bloodborns, which is, like, unheard of. And he also went to the human lands, which is also odd for a vampire. Um, But he kind of knew he was running, so he came back, and that's when he met Misha. And he didn't think it was his responsibility to help, like... I think he even says the Rishon people, but Misha forced his hand by entering, which we kind of talked about. Um, He also says he worries for Misha in a world like this because, like, it isn't as simple as she sees it. Um, And, like, Araya understands what he means. Like, Misha is obviously, she's kind of, I don't know the word for it, but, like, she's very optimistic and she thinks, like, you can change the world and all of this stuff. But, like, they they understand that there's more to it. Um, Araya thinks of the people that Rain has to save, and she thinks, like, all of the people that she wanted to win this war to find are dead because Salonae is gone. So she thinks, like, he deserves this more than she does. He deserves to win. And her reasons don't even exist. Well, and, like, I will say that nothing against her. She's a badass. Hmm. But, like, realistically, he has saved her ass. Now, she has saved his ass, too. Mm -hmm. And she has, like, she has come up with a lot of solutions to problems. But, like, I just, I just feel like she has, I guess they've survived thanks to each other. Mm -hmm. But, like, even as close to, like, the second trial, she was taking that kid. If Rain had not helped her out while she had that liability then she would not have made it through. Yeah. 
And, like, she helped him for the... I just... I don't know. I just... I feel like he does deserve to win. Yeah. But so does she. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Yeah. Like, when you think back on it, you're like, he... She's ended so many trials almost dead, and he's the reason she's gotten through. Yes. But then when you, like, think back to the shit that she's done for him, you're like, oh... She's mm. done so much, too. Which I... He is... I yeah. love that she has done. He's helped her through the in-betweens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... I, I don't think that he is the reason she got through the trials, but he is the reason she survived to the next Yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's a case for both of them to win, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he tells her that he also found somebody who was defiant where he didn't think it existed anymore. And he's talking about her killing vampires in the human district. Like, he wouldn't have expected that from her because he just saw her as Vincent's pet and doing what Vincent wanted. But it also, like, kind of makes you think that he realized in that moment that how naive she was, which is kind of, like, yeah. sad. And I wonder if he appreciated her for that naivety or if he... Like, he saw her doing that knowing that they're taking humans and just feeding off of them at the mm-hmm. feast. So, like, I wonder if he saw that and was like, what is this girl doing and why? Or if he saw that and was like, oh, she's trying her best, even though, like, she's saving this human today who's probably going to be taken to the castle and eaten tomorrow. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it made him understand her more because before this point, he didn't realize that she didn't know things. He thought that she was like a willing accomplice to, so it, it, I don't know, obviously conflicting things, but like, I think it made him think she was probably a bit stupid, (laughs) but it also made him understand her and it made him hate Vincent more. Um, dualities, people have them. Um, She tells him then that she doesn't know why she's doing any of this anymore, and she looks at her weapons, and she wonders how much blood it would take for Nyaxia to accept her withdrawal. Um, Because obviously, like, Rain is the one who needs to win, because he has so many people to help. Um, Yeah. He tells her she is stronger than Vincent made her, and she has to keep going. And if she stops fighting, it would break his heart. And they both swear to each other that they will fight till the end. Um, The sun is going down and she asks if he wants one last look, but he says no and kisses her. Even though he knows what's going to happen, he decides he'd rather kiss her than see the sun one last time. And I just love it. (laughs) I love it so much because he like watched it every day and this is his last day and he he knows what's going to happen. Well, not the whole thing, but he, he has plans. You can tell he has plans in the next part. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So they then have to obviously follow the smoke, and Angelica and Abraham are already there, and Angelica's eyes are red, and Aurea kind of wonders if it's from the curse or if it's from the grief of losing Ivan, and either is not great. Um, Abraham goes through the arch into the Colosseum first, and his wings are still super fucked. And then Angelica goes through, 
And before Araya and Rain go through, Araya grabs Rain's hand and she squeezes it and they slow down for a second and she kind of thinks of like what their life could be. And then she has to like basically just shatter all of the dreams she has because she knows one of them is going to die. And she goes through the arch. Sad. What? Okay. So, uh, Araya walks into the arena and immediately has to dodge, like, a spurt of fire. (laughs) Of course. And she looks and sees that the arena is split into four quadrants, like, one for each of them. So, I guess, like, I don't know if they all, they each walk through, like, I'm wondering if, like, the arena, like, rotates so that, or if they just are magicked into one of the four quadrants. I just assume it's magic. Um, yeah. So she looks and it looks like there are actually three people in her quadrant with her. And they are circling her and they are attacking, but she says they are they have empty black eyes. This is very Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. That's what I said. Yeah. Remember I told you when I read this book, I was like it is from Blood and Ash meets Akatar meets the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I was like, I wonder if they're human or vampires, but they have empty black eyes, so, like, it's unknown. Yeah. And she says that two of them have crowns on their heads, and she realizes that they are meant to be parodies of the other gods that Nyaxia fought after her husband's mm-hmm. death. Uh, so, th- again, this is, like, her last big moment uh, of Nyaxia's life. So, a female keeps shooting arrows at her, and she realizes that that's Ix, the goddess of fertility and sex. And a male keeps throwing fire at her, and she realizes that that's Atroxus, uh, that we've heard of before. And the third guy has no crown, but makes a sound that splits her brain open. And she realizes that that's Kashmar, the god of art, seduction, beauty, and music. So he's the god of a lot of shit. Uh, And so she realizes, like, I've got to destroy these three people, but she's like, who should I go after first? Yeah, three against one are not great odds. And (laughs) no. And and there is an order, right? Like, because right now she's dodging fireballs, dodging arrows, and then every once in a while, Kashmir lets out this, like, thing that makes her, like, that incapacitates mm. her. So she's like, mm, I should probably go for him yeah. first. Um, and she runs for him, and when she gets close, she notices that he stinks. <laughs> and she recognizes him when she gets up close and sees that it's actually the guy that Rain killed the first night was named Clin, the guy that was pissed yeah. about his brother. It's him. So she's like, shit, these are actually the corpses of former competitors and they've resurrected them for the final trial, which is insane. And sort of why you said that it's just like the yeah. Hunger Games, because that's the last in the Hunger Games. That's the last moment. They've got the mucks with the like eyes mm-hmm. of, dead contestants too uh so she gets close to him and stabs him in the chest but he doesn't die (laughs) and she's like of course he doesn't he's a reanimated corpse he's already dead so like stabbing him in the heart's not Mm -hmm. gonna do it and she sees like a bulge in his throat 
And she's like, that must be the magic. Like, she's like, they must have some sort of magic item on them that allows them to perform the magic that's associated with the god they're parodying. Mm -hmm. So because this guy has, like, lets out this ear-splitting thing that, like, damages her brain... He must have some sort of magic item in his throat to allow him access to that kind of magic. Um, And she also was like, there's no way that Nyaxia could perform this magic. So it must be a magic item that actually came from Kashmir himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because vampires can't perform. And obviously the rift between them all. Yeah. So there's no way that nyaxia could perform any of this magic so she must have gotten a hold of some sort of magic item and shoved it in these reanimated corpses to allow them to perform the Mm -hmm. magic so she just hacks away at his throat and like until his head comes off and yeah and he's like gone which is fine Mm -hmm. So, like, anticlimactic death. Yeah. So then she throws, I can't, I wrote down she throws the body at Ix, which seems, like, cumbersome. I wonder if she throws the Probably head the at head. her. I don't really remember. I don't know why <laughs> I wrote body. But she throws, like, Kashmir at the girl portraying Ix mm. so that she can't shoot her arrow at her. And runs at her next and cuts her hands off. Smart. Because her hands were what was, like, shooting the bows. The arrows. Uh, and then she grabs the bow and enchants one of the arrows with her nightfire and shoots it right at Atroxus's chest, which is the source of his power, and takes him down. So, like, she, like, got rid of them very quickly. Yeah. She's doing well. And... Yeah, and then a door opens for her in her little dome. And she goes into the next section and she sees Vincent in the crowd. And she's sort of surprised because he looks concerned for her. Because, I guess, they didn't leave on good terms. They They didn't part ways (laughs) on good terms. They had a fight. So she's like, oh, I'm surprised he's here, for one. And I'm also surprised that he cares about me at all. And I'm like, just because you have a fight with someone doesn't mean that they they stop loving you. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, like, at this moment, she feels conflicted about her feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Because she she sort of hates Vincent the King. But how can she hate Vincent, her father, when he looks at her with such love and care? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that is something that so many people struggle with. Like, people that love terrible people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Abusive relationships or, like, can, even, even abusive parental relationships obviously don't have as much experience with that one but like no it is obviously something that people do have to deal with all the time yeah and like even you know people who go visit like loved ones in jail like you can hate that they're what they did that they've what they've done but how can you hate who they are Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it is like a very common theme we'll say Um, so, like, her thinking through all of this sort of distracts her, and she almost gets shot with an arrow, and she turns to see that it's Ibrahim, mm. 
I love him. And he has made it through, and he has come through his quadrant, and he was shooting at her. Mm-hmm. Which is smart. Like, but I like guess his... he took a bow from one of the people. She should have done that. Yeah. Or maybe, like, the bow is his weapon. Like, she's got yeah, her maybe. swords. Maybe he had, maybe a bow and arrow is his. Is yeah. his. So, but, like, so he is shooting at her, but his leg is so mangled that I guess, like, he can barely stand up and, like, shooting at her. He's not, like, he can't aim very yeah. well. Uh, he And he's also missing an eye. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. new. So, like, his leg is mangled. He's missing an eye. His wings are destroyed. And she can tell that he has fought so hard. And the crowd is, like, laughing I at him. I hate it. And I hate it, too. And, like, his hands are so slicked with blood that he can't even notch another arrow. And he looks at Araya's face and asks, like, do you pity me? Like, he's getting mad. Mm-hmm. And he can hear them all, all, everyone laughing at him. And Araya can tell that, like, he's thinking about just giving up. Yeah. But Araya's like, fuck all these people. Give me a fair fight and I'll give you a fair death. And he's like, okay. And, like, the only thing is, is it, it was Yeah. Because he, he was so beat yeah. up that it wasn't really fair. Um, and she's driving the dagger into his chest and he tells her it was glad, he was glad that it had been her. Yeah. Which is, like, so and, sad, and but, dies. like, I, I love it. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, like, I have mixed feelings about him because he is sort of he was the underdog like just like Mm -hmm. she was and i sort of feel like maybe if she hadn't paired up with rain like maybe it would have been a good idea to pair up with him but he also was very like i think he was very conniving like he was like he had partners and allies and he was just like killing them every chance he got he just seemed very like bloodthirsty to win yeah i yeah he did like the the one where half of them die he like killed his partner be- but only his one of partner. them would have got through so like eh. yeah but yeah i i think like easily this book could have been about him as a character if it wasn't about her because like they do have a very similar story um which i guess is why i kind of appreciate him as a character more than i thought i would uh yeah so i guess after she's done that rain enters the dome next and she's just like relieved he's alive (laughs) and i don't think they're thinking about killing each other she's about to like go to him to be like you're alive i love you (laughs) uh but before they can make it to each other angelica comes in from her dome and her and Araya stare at each other for, like, a split second before they attack each mm. other. And she is, like, relentlessly going for Araya and, like, not even sparing a glance for Rain. Even when he's, like, opening himself up and, like, trying to goad her into attacking him. But, like, I don't understand why he doesn't just, like, go and attack her. Like, why is he staying separate? Like, get in there! Yeah, I know. I, I don't really get it. And, like, she keeps going and going and for Araya and manages to swipe at her shoulder. So, again, like, cutting her, allowing mm-hmm. her blood to flow, 
and allowing Angelica to use her blood magic on her to keep her still. And she deflects and, like, pushes back on Rain, but, like, not enough to stop targeting Araya. And she's about to, like, swing a blow to kill Araya. And Araya looks at Rain, and she sees him slightly nod at somebody in the stands, but we don't know who. And then someone in the stands gets Angelica's attention, and that has her blood magic slip and gives Araya the opening she needs to plunge the dagger in her heart and thrust her nightfire at her. And Araya, like, I think Angelica says something like, good luck or something as she's dying. Mm-hmm. Which Araya is like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Not what I expected here. Yeah. So she stands and she looks at Rain then and, like, they sort of both know that they have to fight. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't understand. Like, why can't they Hunger Games? Either? Yeah, like, if they just stop, And just, what like, sit. Yeah, just, like, sit on the ground and be like, we're not gonna kill each other. Like, yeah. you know. So, but they do fight. And they, and she says it sort of sucks because, like, they've been training together this whole time. So they sort of know each other's moves. Yeah. And they meet swords. Like, their swords clash and they get close. And she's like, I know you're holding back. And he's like, yeah, you are too. But I guess she's like, well, you should bring it because you're the one who started. You sort of initiated the fight. Mm -hmm. And he does. So he has his Asteris come out. And then she responds with her Nightfire. And, like, they are genuinely fighting and hurting each other. Like, she hit her Nightfire is actually burning him. And he is actually, like, like, flicking her with his sword and, like, creating injuries. And she pushes back at all he gives her until, like, she manages to overcome him and he is on the ground. And she's holding her sword to his chest. She's making no move to, like, actually do a killing blow. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, she won the fight. So she won. Yeah, me too. wins. Like, he doesn't have to die. And then she sort of realizes that he goaded her into this fight. Like... He came at her hard so that she would respond harder and win, which I don't, I feel like it's, a, I don't understand this logic, but yeah, okay. Yeah, they both, yeah. Sure. Like, I, I, yeah. And so, and I guess he wanted her to win so that she could kill him because he would not kill her. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, you could also not kill him. Yeah. But- I don't, I don't, I, th- I don't think she really, not that she doesn't kill him, but I don't think she's the one that. No, no, no. And I agree with you. But like, I also like, she could put down her sword at this moment. Now that she has won the fight. Yeah. Put the sword down. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that they would have survived it though. Maybe they'd both be killed for not participating. Maybe probably what they should have done in the hunger games <laughs> would have probably. saved him a lot of trouble <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah so you're not wrong um so like rain just tells her to end it and she can't mm-hmm. and she like refuses to look at him which is a big thing because vincent has like he's over and over and over again like repeated to her that you need to look them in the mm-hmm. eye 
but she can't she refuses to look at him because she doesn't want she doesn't want to and she doesn't want to kill him but she actually feels the knife slide through his chest and she thinks maybe he actually pulled it into his own heart so like she holds the knife but she thinks he actually killed himself on her sword yeah and then she looks at him and she feels her heart break because she looks at him and sees that he's dead. He is dead. I know. I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> what was this whole book for? What was the point? Why did I read this? I was like, Kristen wouldn't yeah. read this. <laughs> so like, she obviously falls over his body and cries. Mm. She's heartbroken and she can't believe she killed him. And, like, she's declared the winner, but she doesn't hear any of it. She just continues to kneel by his body, trying to wake him up. And she, like, literally stays here, there until the minister introduces the Dark Mother Nyaxia. So, like, Nyaxia actually, like, descends and, like, enters the arena. And, like, she could feel the goddess's power. And I think before this whole thing happened, she was a bit skeptical about gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. Like we all yeah. are, right? Like, well, I say like we all are. Some of people aren't. No, but, but like, we were skeptical in this book that they were actually real, too. Yeah, like, is it actually, like, are they actually gods and goddesses? Or is it the church that has, like, invented this this whole thing? And maybe she was real at one point, but, like, is she actually actively involved? Or is it the church that's organizing all this stuff? Especially, like, in the out. in the Misha thing where they were, like, it's not accepted by Nyaxia that she um, mm-hmm. pulls out or whatever the word is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, too, in uh, From Blood and Ash, remember, like, there are gods and goddesses there, too, but they're all sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, like, they're real, but they're not real at the same time. Yeah. So is it, was it sort of like a that sort of thing? Mm. But turns out it's not. Like, she is actively involved. Interesting. So, yeah. So she can feel Nyaxi's power, but she can't look at her until she comes over and, like, holds her face in her hands. And, like, there's, like, a, a whole lot of description about how, like, I didn't put it in, but, like, how she looks at Nyaxia and she's, like, overcome with, like, love and like joy and power and like would do anything for her and like i guess she is just like basking in the presence of a goddess Mm. and she tells vincent that araya has his eyes interesting yes so which i don't get unless like how can you have someone's eyes unless they are actually your child Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So she asks uh, Araya what she wants as a gift. And she sees in her heart that she grieves for rain. And she, like, we sort of get a little, like, Nyaxia, like, is, sees that she's grieving for rain, but also says, like, you can choose, like, says that, like, love is, she's trying to tell her that, like, love is a weakness. And, like, You know, if you want power, you have to let go of love. And, like, she's trying to, like, I don't know what she's trying to do, but she's trying to teach her a lesson here and sort of trying to be like, you know, he died. Like, yeah, you love him. But, like, look, now you have the, 
option to gain so much power. Like, you just have to ask mm-hmm. for it and blah, blah, blah. And Aurea thinks about how both Nyaxia and Vincent had turned their love and grief. I don't understand how Vincent turned love and grief into power. Well, I guess he killed his entire family. If you're if you're calling that well, turning, guess, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but she is still human, so she did what she, the first thing she could think of, and she told Nyaxia that she wishes that Rain had won the Kajari instead. And this makes Nyaxia laugh, <laughs> and Vincent is like, ah, like shocked. Of course. Uh, and so Nyaxia uses her power and Rain wakes up and he can't really believe what, what Araya has done. He's like, what did you do? Of course. But Nyaxia is like, okay, you're the winner now. What would you like? And this is where we sort of get our plot twist of the book. Like our sort of shocking moment. So his wish He says, 200 years ago, Vincent wished to remove the power from the Rishon line. He's like, well, I would like it to be restored and restored in me, the turned heir of the Rishon king. So Rain gets his (laughs) power back and his wings are tipped with red. And then he has an air mark running down his back, down like this scar he had in the center. And, like, everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, like, 200 years ago, it turns out that, like, that was Vincent's wish, right? To remove the power from the Rishon line so that he could go and kill them all. So the Rishon king had lost his power, and that's how Vincent, like... Killed him? Beat him. Yeah. yeah. And took over, took the throne. So, I guess Vincent... So, I guess Rain asked for it back. And now he's got all the power the Rishon King had. And I guess this is what we were talking about. His wings. So like we said that heirs always have mark. Mm-hmm. Right? They've got um, their wings are red. Have red on them. And then they have the air mark. Rain has had red on his wings this entire time. Yeah. But nobody has noticed. Yeah. But Araya has noticed, and, but did not connect the yeah, dots. Yeah, and when he was being tortured, he wouldn't let it, he wouldn't bring his wings out. So you're like, what was he hiding? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Rain like appears before Vincent's box, and he is so full of power, it's like staggering. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to Vincent like as if he remembers him. And says that 200 years ago, he massacred every Rishan man, woman, and child within the walls of this city. Which is like, that's pretty bad. He literally killed everyone in the city. How are there people in the city now? Like, did he just, like, import his own? Well, I guess, like, when the Rishan are in power, Rishan are in the city, and when the Hijat... Hayash are in power. They're in the city, so he just like brought in the Hayash people. Mm. I assume, I guess. And he then says that he killed anyone with a sliver of a chance of becoming the Rishon heir. However, he missed one, mm-hmm. aka Rain. And Araya is sort of realizing her mistake here. Yeah, 
and she's running for her father to try and save him. But all of a sudden, hands are grabbing at her, and she watches as Rain kills her father. And she's like, it's all her fault. And she is finally, like, free of all these people grabbing her, and she races to his body. And before he dies, he tells her that he has made many mistakes, but never her. And he loves her. Hmm. And then he dies. Yeah. And she loses her shit. Yeah. Uh, and she just engulfs herself in her night fire flames. Until Rain actually grabs her. And he's trying to soothe her like she didn't, like he didn't just kill her father. Yeah. And he's like, completely betray her. Come back to me. You're safe. And it's like, dude, like maybe give her some space. Like you just like, do you like, it almost seems like he doesn't, it's, I don't know, man. It's like, he doesn't think that she'll feel betrayed at this moment. (sighs) Yeah. He kind of orchestrated it so that this wouldn't have to happen. And now it's happening. And he's like, fuck. But it's like, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what he expects. Obviously, she's going to be pissed. Yeah. I I just, I just don't understand why he thinks that she wouldn't be pissed at him. Yeah. But alas. Yeah. Anyway. So she feels this, like, burning all over, and she feels it at her throat, and, like, she hates him. But she does calm down, and Eric, or he, like, just looks at her, and then when he looks at her throat, her his eyes widen. And all of a sudden, Karis, one of the people at the house taking care of Misha, is there, and he just says, fuck. She's an heir. <laughs> so that burning was actually Vincent's power passing to her, which is like, yikes. How can that happen? Uh, yeah. So I think there's like a rush of Rishon soldiers that have come in mm-hmm. and they want to just kill her immediately. But Rain like puts on this mask of leadership and says like, instead of killing her, it'll be better if he makes her his wife. And that way he can make it hurt when he fucks her the way it hurt when Vincent raped the Rishan queen 200 years ago. Yeah. Which is like, yikes. It's not good. None of it's good. And Don't like anything. No, and that is, no, no, no. I just, it's just a bit, ugh. Yeah. Uh, And he manages to convince all of them. This is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And he tells them to go reclaim their kingdom and he'll deal with Araya. Uh, Once everyone leaves, he tells her... Sorry, to be fair, though, it is better... Because, like, Nyaxia makes sure there is always an heir. It is better for them if the heir is a weak human instead of passing to somebody else. So why would you just kill her and then not know who the heir is? Like, keep her... Lock her in the dungeons forever. Like, even if he was, like, super evil. Like, that would be the thing that makes the most sense. Yeah, I agree with you. And they don't do... They don't like doing that. They just want to kill everybody. But it doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> then somebody like Rain becomes the heir, and nobody 
thinks that he could be the heir because he was turned. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's my two pieces. (laughs) No, I like those two pieces. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so once everyone leaves, he tells her he is so fucking sorry. And it's like, that doesn't really make up for killing her father. Yeah. Uh, but her response to him is that she hates him and then she passes out. Of course she does. Uh, so then she wakes up in her room at the castle. So she's in her original room and she just gets up and stares at herself in the mirror. And apparently her eyes have changed to look like Vincent's. And I don't understand what that means. It makes me wonder if like what the the goddess saw was like the future like her she said that their eyes looked the same or if yeah if um vincent had the same eyes as her before he won and then he became heir and his eyes changed because he became an heir and she had the same eyes he used to have and her eyes have changed oh, because maybe. she became heir and now her eyes look different and like vincent's looked like to her oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Conspiracies. Yes, all the conspiracies. <laughs> um, so she stares at her air mark. So it's at the base of her throat, like at on her like chest. And it's all the phases of the moon layered on top of each other. I know. So cool. I want it. I wonder if there's any I wonder if there's like any fan art. Yeah, I haven't to show. I haven't looked for any because I don't want to spoil. I haven't looked. The next book but big fan right um so then there are like lines unfurling like rose petals extending up to her shoulders and she says it sort of reminds her of high edge wings interesting yes um so rain comes in and she has no weapons but she attacks him anyway of course <laughs> and he manages to subdue her and he tells her that he only said those those things earlier to save her life and he has to explain some things and she hates his guts and wants to claw his eyes out but she wants answers more so she's like i'll try and listen and behave yeah and he tells her then that like he never lied to her at one point like omission like he lied through omission which is a different than flat out lying I guess. Is it better or worse? I don't know, but it's different. (laughs) So he says that the person that actually turned him years and years ago was King Neculi Vasaris. And that Rain had actually betrayed him 200 years ago. And apparently he had corresponded with Vincent and gotten him everything he would need to destroy the Rishon Kingdom when... Because I guess there was rumors that a high-edge guy was going to come in and he was sort of like a shoe-in to win. Mm-hmm. So, to win the Kajari. So, Rain had actually, like, given him all this information to help Vincent, like, after he won, to sort of overpower the Rishan and their soldiers so that he could take over the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But... Rain asked Vincent to spare the innocents. He said, do what you must, but just spare the people that are innocently living here. Yeah. Like 
obviously that chick whose name I cannot say that he loved. Oh, Ness Ness Nessen. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, but obviously we've already found out that once Vincent became king, he literally killed every single Rishon man, woman, and child living in the yeah. city. So he did not spare the innocents. No, the exact opposite, really. He was a jackass. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Vincent had never known who had given him that information. He remained anonymous. So he didn't realize that's who mm-hmm. it was. And he actually escaped before the king could figure out that he betrayed them and was far away when he heard about what Vincent mm-hmm. did. Uh, and he also heard that Nesanian or Nesser, I don't know, Nesanian, Nesanian, something, whatever, was one of the last people to die. So he assumes that she was actually like raped a shit ton. Yeah. And he was very hurt because he did love her and she was kind. And, you know, yeah. it sad. It wasn't fair. And it, and it wasn't fair. It is his fault like he did say spare them but if he didn't like i still think that vincent would have figured it out on his own but he did help vincent to this end which was killing the person he loves so like there is a lot of guilt there yes um and he also got the air mark like he was well outside of town when i guess when king um Neculi was killed hmm. so he got the airmark and he hated it and he tried to get rid of it because he didn't want to be the heir he didn't want to be responsible for all these Rishon lives yeah. um but obviously he couldn't get rid of an airmark yeah uh and he admits that the Kajari was the same thing for him as it was for Vincent a path to the crown and he also admits that he did originally choose her as an ally because of who she was to Vincent. And he thought that it would be easy to kill her after the Half Moon trial. And, like, at least he's being honest about yeah. it. And, like, she can tell that he is being truthful. And she asked why there are House of Blood within the castle. I don't know how she knows that. They also stood up when she was, like, when he became heir like, they were part of the, like, ones helping control the crowd right. and shit. Okay. Uh, and he tells her that he made a deal with Septimus, the one of the princes, for manpower. Since Vincent had actually gotten rid of so many Rishan. Yeah. So they need the numbers. And Septimus actually approached him, like, ages ago offering this deal and he kept saying no and no over and over again because he didn't trust Septimus. Fair. However, the final trial when Angelica was like mercilessly attacking Araya and he, and Rain gave that nod, that was actually to Septimus. He agreed to the deal to save her. And then he sacrificed himself for her so that he wouldn't have to honor Septimus's deal. But then she brought him back. So now he does have to honor the deal. Yeah. Just stupid. Yeah. This is just... They're all so dumb. Yeah. And Araya thinks it was dumb, oh, too. Oh, 100%. She's like, this plan was stupid. Yeah. 
And he asked her, like, if she knew about the air mark. And she's like, no, because I'm just human. And he's like, she's like, aren't I? Like, there's no way I can be more than that. And she's like, you've smelled me. You've tasted me. Like, wouldn't you know if I was more than just a human? And he actually says, like, you do taste different. But he says he thought it was just because of how he felt about her. Because he loved her. Yeah. Which is so cute. (sighs) Disasters. And they start to wonder, actually, why Vincent was in Salonay in that specific part of town and why he lands in front of her specific house. And, like, maybe she's his biological daughter and, like, actually half vampire. Which opens up a huge, like, so many questions. Mm -hmm. So, like, I wonder if, like, does this make her somewhat, like, a quicker healer? Like, does this... Is this this why she can, like, like, we talked about it a few weeks ago, why she can, like, get out of magic easier because of this. Yeah. And, like... And, you know, like, does that mean that she has a longer lifespan? Like, what's her lifespan Mm -hmm. going to be? Like, is this going to impact, like, like, I wonder if this, like, impacts how, like, maybe she can withstand feeding more. I don't know. Like, it just, it just brings up so many questions. And I feel like it brings up questions for her, too. Oh, of course, yeah. And, like, I do wonder, like, does this mean she can be turned? With less... Yeah, with less risk, because she's already had... With any risk. Hmm, yeah. Like, does she even need to be turned? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if if the need to be turned is still a thing. Like, does it matter anymore? Yeah, like, if she's already immortal, like, she wouldn't... Yeah, I getcha. Yeah. Anyway, so, she thinks back to his last minutes, and apparently, like, he said something like he meant to tell her and she was like maybe that's what he was talking mm-hmm. about like that's what he meant to tell me because he obviously knows like and, she's his only heir she is going to get this mark as soon as he dies so yeah and rain she thinks like rain asked her once why vincent was so afraid of her And she thinks that it's because there is nothing more terrifying to a ruler than their heir. Because like we've said before, like Vincent went and killed his parents, killed his brothers and sisters, like killed everybody in his family so that he was the only one left so that he could become heir. Mm. And like Ibrahim's parents, they literally crippled him so that he would not be a threat to Mm them. And... It's just one of those things of, like, our, uh, so, like, Vincent's motivation for her to become his Koryatai is that primarily so that she could not make a move against him because she was his official heir. So, Rain vows that, like, they will figure everything out about her heritage and everything after the wedding. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just, and it's she's such like, a, like, it's such a trope to, like, it's, it's literally, marriage. yeah, it's literally from Blood and Ash. Like, it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> but I low-key love I, it. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they get married and then they're going to fall in love again. Like, they're in love, they fight, hate each other, enemies again, then they get married, and then, you know, they're going to they're yeah. fall in love again. Yeah. Uh, but she tells him that she's not going to marry him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you are, because it's the only way to keep you safe. Yeah. And he tells her that he needs to keep her safe. And that she needs to keep herself safe. So that they can remake this world to be a better place. Yeah. So he fully wants her, like, to embrace this role. And he is, like, putting... I'm going to say he's actually sticking his neck out a little bit to keep her safe. And he actually mm-hmm. wants her to be an equal partner. Yeah, I agree. But, like, does that and does that counteract has... killing her father and, like, lying... Lying? Lying? I'm going to say lying to her. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I want it. To. I, I do too. Like, this is like, this is also fourth wing. Like, there's these fucking, at the end of the first book, everyone's so angry and it, like, they're, they hate each other because they didn't lie, but they kept secrets and, like, you're like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you do this yeah. to me? I just want the couple to be together. Yeah. I don't want there to be 15 more fucking books where they're trying to figure it out. Stop. Agreed. <laughs> Um, so, like, he says, like, you know, you need to help me make this world a better place. And she actually has, a like, a vision in her head. Not, like, an actual vision, but, like, she has, a like, this vision as to how, like, of, she pictures her, him and her, like, banding together and. Actually doing it. Like, and actually doing that and making the world better, especially for humans and making it safer. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, what I like to call, like, a, a Pride and Prejudice oh moment. Yes. Where they have, like, an almost kiss where they're, like, so close and, like, breathing in each other's so breath. So mad and, like, so close. And you're, like. Yeah. And, like, do it, do it, do it. But they don't yeah. do it. And he tells her that he's going to get the priestess. And he just goes and gets someone and, like, brings her back. And, like, they just get married. It's very, like, I really expected it to be, like. Not a big deal. I didn't expect it to be, like, the marriage to be big or anything. But I didn't think it would happen, like, you know? Right that. Yeah. Uh, and the ceremony was cute. And she says that she can actually tell that he means every word of the Lord. vows. And, like, he is in love with her. Yeah. And she repeats the vows. But, like, um, I guess the way these vows work is, like, I give you my my body. I give you my like soul i give you all this stuff is what the vows are but part of it is i give you my heart and she cannot repeat that part she can't say it because she's just so upset with him and doesn't trust him and it's heartbreaking because she already gave him her heart and this is like he betrayed it yeah i just fucking love it but i hate it but i love it (laughs) i know um and when it's done, she actually just asks to be left alone. And she says she can tell that he has things to say, but she doesn't really want to hear it right now. So Fair. he just leaves her. She's like, okay. Um, a few minutes later, Jasmine is at her window. I love this part. I fucking love the turn in this character from what I expected it to be. I love women helping women. <laughs> fucking the I best. Know. It's so good. And she calls her her highness and tells her, like, 
you know, obviously she said, like, I was loyal to your father, but I'm loyal to the high edge. Yeah. First and foremost, she's loyal to, like, whoever's in power. And I'm like, yes! And she was like, that's you, girl! <laughs> Get it. <laughs> and she's like, I've got military ready outside the city, ready, like, we're awaiting your orders, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And Araya is, like, smart here, because she's like, I don't intend for us to fight a war we can't win mm-hmm. right now. And so she's like, right now, retreat, regroup somewhere else, and she's going to gather information until they're ready. So as long as the Rishan and the Bloodborne are working together, yeah. she doesn't think they have a chance of winning. Fair. Uh, so the next night, Rain comes and says, we've got work to do. And she's actually really surprised that he's including her. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- I, I feel like maybe she didn't think he was serious when he said, like, he wanted her to work with him. Well, it's also, like, not even just that, but you would think that everybody else would have been like, nope, she's not doing shit. Get her out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, like, he brings her to the throne room, and she feels, she says, like, it's really weird because, like, She's used to seeing all these high edge, and now it's all these Rishan, and they all look at her with hate. Not because she's a human, because she's the high edge heir. Mm-hmm. And they hate her for the power that she has. And she then talks with Septimus, and he points out that bloodborne people have been used in Nyaxia's games. And that he's always bet on her and he's always come out on top. So, like, I think he's trying to, like, suggest that she trusts him. Yeah, he's also kind of being like, the Bloodborns have been fucked over and so have humans. Like, we have more in common than you think. Yeah. And, like, I don't think he's wrong, per se. Yeah. Can I, I just, I actually really, I wish that he, not to spoil anything, but, like, he plays a significant part in book two. Mm-hmm. And I wish his story had taken a different turn than what it takes. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, because right now it seems like, you know, he could be authentic. Yeah. And I, I feel like I can't say much more without ruining book two. No. Or not ruining it. You but can't like, ruin book two for everybody listening and me. No, fight you. <laughs> and I'm not ru- like it wouldn't be ruining it for me to say something, but I, I, I'm not going to say anything. But I just, I wish, yeah, he, I wish his character Turned took out. a different route yeah. than what it takes. Makes sense. Um, anyway, so Rain like sort of takes her away from Septimus, and they chat, and like, it's sort of the final thoughts of the book is that they have to remake a kingdom mm-hmm. because like. This is sort of the good thing is, like, I wish they would stop the infighting. Yeah. Because, like, they're all nightborn. So, like, just stop fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be better off. Yeah. And so, like, they're thinking to them, to each other, like, they have to remake a kingdom to stop being prejudiced against each other. And, like, she knows that they're both scared. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is a big problem for him is that he is a turned heir. He has no connection to Nekulai's family and his. So like, it's going to be hard for him to be accepted well, and as the ruler. I think you've said it before, but it goes humans, 
turned vampires vampires. So like he is below regular vampires and now he's supposed to be their ruler. So he's in a bad spot. She's human and she's the heir. So she's in a bad spot. Like it really would make sense for them to work together and kiss kiss. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, so she knows that they're both scared and she hates him, but she also loves him. Mm Mm-hmm. And she just knows that she has to, like, bide her time. So she thinks to herself, and I actually can't remember if she says it to him, but she won't kill him, dot, 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 tonight. Yeah, I think he So he hearkening back. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, she says she won't kill him tonight, sort of, like, as a, as a callback to um, when, was it after the Half Moon trial? And he, like, sort of gives her the option to kill him. And there's sort of all the sexual tension. tension yeah. And she says she won't kill him tonight. So it's sort of a callback to that. Yeah. Which I love. Love a good yeah. callback. And we all know that she hasn't killed. She won't kill him tonight. She's not going to kill him ever. No. That'd be sad. <laughs> would be sad. Can you imagine? No, I cannot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah. This is our book. So that's the end of our book. I really, I, I really like this. So I've actually um, started uh, her other series. Um, I don't know what the series is called, but the book is called The Daughter of No Worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like her writing. Yeah. Like, I think she does, like, she's done a really good job of writing these books so far. I'm excited for the third one to come out. I don't know when it's coming, but I'm excited. Yeah. I haven't read the second one, obviously. Um, I was really pissed when she used her wish to say that he won. I wanted her to make her wish to become his Koryatai or make her wish for him to be alive, not for him to win. Like any other wish. But I know like she was going into it. She loved him. She realized that his wish was more noble than hers from what he told her. So I get why she did it, and like it, it does make sense. But I like when I was reading it, I was like, no, because I thought she was just going to use her wish to be like, make him alive, like City of Bones, yes, like that kind of thing. I thought it was that yes. was going to be the wish, and I was like, cool, love yes. this. This is a great book. She's not stuck to Vincent anymore. She has him alive. Yay, yay, yay! Book is over. But that is not what happened. Um, I'm also yeah. glad that Vincent died. <laughs> When he died, when I was reading it and he died, I was like, good. Because if he was alive and made her feel like shit, I would have killed him myself. Yeah. He needed to die because he was a terrible person and there was no way he was going to give up the crown. And, like, there was no way she was going to find out who she really was, I think, unless he died. Yeah. But, but yeah, like, I just, I, I agree. He needed to die. I do feel bad because she's going to have a lot of unresolved feelings and she's going to have a lot of questions that only he could have answered. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the book. I was obviously, there's another book and you need a story for it. But I really was like, why did she choose that? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's it for us this week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to share any of your thoughts on the book, um, or if you have any book suggestions, 
you can reach out to us by email at coffeeandcoread.gmail.com or on Instagram or Facebook at coffeeandcoread and coffee.coread on TikTok. So next week is New Book Week. We will be reading Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. Next week we'll be starting with chapters 1 to 12, so make sure to follow along. And if you're enjoying our chats, don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you get our content. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next page.